in the Bahamas, not that I see conspiracies everywhere, but it is convenient that this happened just like a day before he was going to testify before Congress, and now that won't be happening. It could be total coincidence, but I mean, this guy, yeah, he gave a lot of money to a lot of Democrats, and yeah, you, you just can't help but wonder. Here, Democrats are like, yeah, we're going to haul him before Congress. Oh, yeah, we demand answers. And then right before he can get there, the Biden administration uh, snatches him up like, oh, nope. I suppose he could still testify, but I, of course he's not going to at this point. I can't imagine any attorney I, I, you know, saying, oh, yeah, go ahead as you uh, face these criminal charges. And maybe it is just a coincidence. Maybe it, it wasn't done in order to prevent him from publicly speaking uh, and being like, well, Senator, uh, you remember that night that you and I did this and that. Here's the big question. Do we think he's going to Epstein himself? Do we think that he will uh, uh, suicide himself in his jail cell or there's something else of, the, of, of that nature will happen? It'll be interesting to see. I suppose it just depends on how much dirt he has on folks. Uh, he may not have it. He may just hand over fist funded Democrat campaigns. But um, I, I think... I'd be just a little concerned if I were him. It's this situation that runs contrary, I think, to conventional wisdom. Once upon a time, if you were in a position like Epstein was, and you thought, well, I'm safe because I got dirt on everyone, it doesn't really work that way any longer, does it? In fact, that is the most dangerous position to be in. If you have dirt on Democrats, You, yeah, that is not... A good pe- you just like you know what I don't want to know I don't want to know any dirt on anybody at all I know nothing whatsoever. Seventy one percent of Americans believe that if the media had accurately reported on Hunter Biden's laptop, it could have altered the twenty twenty presidential election, according to a Tip Insight poll revealed yesterday. Leading up to the election, many in the establishment media not only ignored the reports, but falsely claimed that the Hunter uh, laptop was Russian disinformation. Those false claims were pushed by many in the intelligence community who suggested in the now debunked Politico story from 2020 that Hunter's laptop was Russian disinformation. The poll found over two-thirds of Americans believe the intelligence community intentionally lied to voters about the laptop by pushing big tech to censor the first report on Hunter's laptop. And incidentally, the the one-third or less that does not believe that, I I suspect if you have two-thirds of Americans that recognize the intelligence community lied, you got 51 
people connected to the intelligence community all coming together and going, oh, yeah, hey, we're experts in this. This clearly is Russian misinformation. And and so two thirds recognize clearly they were lying. That means a third is probably a combination of no, they weren't. And I'm not really sure those people are lying. They're lying. And they're fine with this happening. They have been conditioned to believe that we should just have one party rule system. It should be their party. And if that means utilizing the intelligence community like the Stasi against American citizens in order to stay in power, so be it. That's what they're there for. How can any person, you don't even have to be intelligent, believe that 51 individuals that are supposed to be some of the most brilliant minds in intelligence. These are the people that we utilize for intelligence, the term itself, intelligence. Yet every single one of them evidently does not recognize what is an actual situation versus Russian misinformation. If we can't believe their judgment on that, how can we believe their judgment on anything? And the fact that some of these very people are still welcomed on CNN, MSNBC, these major networks to come on as experts after their excuses, oh, we're just not very good at this stuff. Oopsie daisies. Jason Ryma with the latest news update. A Springfield man is facing charges for assault and impersonating a police officer. 38-year-old Nathan Smith was arrested over the weekend after he walked up to someone Sunday night at a gas station on West Sunshine and identified himself as a police officer. The victim didn't believe him, so Smith left, but when he came back, he had a knife and began slashing at the victim. Springfield police have arrested a man after a short pursuit ended Monday in a crash. Matt Moyer has more. Police say the man was spotted driving erratically at Kimbrew and Bear Boulevard. Officers caught up with him, but he crossed into oncoming traffic, hitting an SUV head-on near Kimbrew and Sunshine. He was arrested after a short struggle with police. The suspect has minor injuries, but the driver of the SUV was not hurt. The bird flu has been discovered in a commercial turkey flock in Osage County, Missouri. The Department of Agriculture taking steps to quarantine that facility birds on the property have been removed. Those birds did not enter the food supply. Missouri's Animal Health Division is working with the USDA on additional surveillance in the surrounding area. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant, employee benefits that work, wind advisory until noon for most of the Ozarks. Showers, storms, patchy fog. Uh, Today, high of 57, slight chance of showers and storms tonight, down to 39, mostly sunny, 47 tomorrow, mostly sunny, 40 on Thursday, down into the 30s for uh, Friday and Saturday. We do have a Heroes Breakfast on Friday, so bundle on up and come on out, and Santa's Angels update. That's right. I checked before we started the show this morning. We currently have 39 presents at the office, which means... 42 kids are currently unaccounted okay. for. We also still have children on some of our trees as of yesterday after the show. Uh, A1 Custom Car Care off of West Sunset had four. 
Crown Power and Equipment off of East Chestnut Expressway had one, and Green County Freight and Food Sales had one. Now, I didn't get a total at Anchor Tactical uh, because they take Mondays off. They, oh, got it. Yes, they work, on, mm-hmm, they work on Saturday, and then Sunday and Monday they're off. So I will call them after the show and see if they have any kids on their tree. So... Friday is our final deadline. If you have picked a kid off of the Christmas tree and you are doing your shopping for them, uh, the presents do need to be in by December 15th. Also, if you are still wanting to participate, like I said, we do still have a couple of kids on the Christmas trees. Now, um, I know that we've mentioned this quite a bit, but what exactly is Santa's Angels? Well, we partner up with Great Circle. In fact, we've been doing it for 15 years. And what we do is we help provide area foster children with Christmas. Many of these kids have never had a real Christmas before. They've never actually been asked if you could have anything brought to you. If you could have anything on your wish list, what would you want? And so Great Circle works with the the kids in the foster care system. They create a wish list and then we transfer that wish list onto these little paper ornaments. And um, we work with area businesses to help create the Santa's Angels Christmas trees. And then you guys are absolutely fantastic and help provide those area foster children with Christmas. So if you would like to be a part of that, we do have four tree locations. We have A1 Custom Car Care off of West Sunset. That's close to Kansas Expressway. We have Crown Power and Equipment. That's off of East Chestnut Expressway, kind of close to Glenstone. We have Green County Freight and Food Sales, which is off of uh, West Kearney pretty close to West Bypass, and we have Anchor Tactical Supply, which is off of Campbell next to uh, Westlake Ace Hardware. Uh, So you can find all of those tree locations at ksgf.com. Whenever you go to our website, wait for it to load, and in our homepage slider, which is like the great big tiles at the very top of our page, you'll see Santa's Angels. Click on that. You'll find all of the information um, as well as tons of FAQs. You know, do I need to wrap the presents? When do I need to have them in by? Um, Do I need to bring a receipt? What do I do after uh, I bring the presents in? Do I take them back to the locations? Do I bring them to the station? All of that's going to be at ksgf.com under that Santa's Angels tab, as well as on those paper ornaments. So if you can help us, we still have at least six kids out there that haven't been adopted, and we would truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, and those of you who did adopt, please bring those gifts in. Yes, thank you. ASAP. Thank you. Traffic update. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Hey, American Transmissions. Talk and text line is 447-KSGF. Hey, here's an interesting story. Uh, so President Biden is going to have a um, non-binary uh, drag queen mm-hmm. that performs in front of children. Yes, I saw this. Nothing says good idea like doing sexual uh, um, performances in front of small children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the New York City um, uh, strip drag or drag queen performer uh, is going to be at the bill signing. I wonder, do you think Senator Blunt will be there since he helped make that happen? Maybe he I wonder is if the... he'll be there. What? Well, maybe he is the drag queen. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe it'll be like a huge coming out thing. It'll be like, ta-da! Surprise. Yeah, I wonder if he'll be there for that bill signing. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting. So uh, uh, that evidently is, um, in the mind of the White House, what this legislation is all about. Uh, Biden spun his way in confusion again. He does that a lot. 
using a child's help to find his way off stage. This was at an event for the United States Marine Corps uh, Reserve. Um, after his remarks, he looked around, spotted a young girl, spun 360 degrees, then strokes her shoulder, saying, which way do we go, uh, grabbing a wrist and then shuffling off towards his wife, Jill. Uh, why do they continue to allow him to be around children? I mean this seriously. I guess they feel if it's an event that cameras are there. I mean, he still has a problem not touching them and smelling them and flirting with them. Um, it, it is one of the most incredible things to me in this day and age, the way that he so clearly inappropriately acts around children and... Uh, it, it's just like we just pretend like, you know, it's a dysfunctional family. It literally his is. I mean, hence his own daughter writing in her diary while going through rehab due to sexual abuse and, and other problems growing up about how uh, it was clear to her as an adult that uh, daddy getting in the shower with her when she was way, way too old was inappropriate um i you know this isn't denied it's not a secret other than it's another one of those things that the media will not report on or talk about um but the fact that 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 i mean that that happened i'm surprised we weren't told that that diary was rush russian disinformation part of a, a disinformation campaign instead uh, it was just ignore it. Well, I just won't talk about that because that's how it is that you make sure we, as a society, demonstrate that sort of behavior is unacceptable, right? We ignore it. Just pretend it's not happening. Well, that's that's definitely how you deal with it. I, I know that's I, when I was in school and you had the stranger danger talk. Uh, it was all about just keep your mouth shut. Oh, don't worry. If it's somebody that you know or your parents know, it's no big deal. If ever they touch you or smell you or nuzzle you or or uh, grab you in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, uh, don't worry about it. That's just him. That's just what he does. Is that, is that what we were taught in school? See, I was always taught whether they mean to or not, it is never acceptable for an adult to make you feel uncomfortable. Never. That that adults should not put their hands on you that way. And it's, again, not as if it's secret. You could just look on. I'm surprised YouTube still even allows it. Some of these montages where little kids are, and it's always girls, pulling away from him, uncomfortable as he's nuzzling on them. And if he does those things in public, well, I guess we know, according to his daughter's diary, the things that he's done in private. And and we just, again, it's like a dysfunctional family. You got the uncle, and you know he's a child molester, but everyone tells everyone, oh, you know, uh, well, it was a mistake. It was a misunderstanding. It's no big deal. You know, he's just very affectionate, that's all. I, you know, he just really likes kids. It's the way that he was raised. And, and everyone just pretends as if it's not happening, but everyone knows what's going on. It's such a disgusting, sick display. It, it, it just sickens me that as a country, we, we fully demonstrate to the world that this is acceptable behavior of the president of the United States. And like 
most situations in which there is a protective circle around those who act inappropriate around children, anyone who says, you know what, I really don't think that's appropriate, they turn to you as the target. They accuse you of blowing things out of proportion. They accuse you of being mean-spirited. That's how these people get protected. Coming up after Cinema uh, of Arizona declares she's not a Democrat but an independent, which, by the way, is total crap and BS. Manchin is like, well, I'm not a Washington Democrat either. I, You know, uh, uh, yeah, this is the new fad for some of these Democrats that recognize that they could potentially be in some sort of trouble come re-election time. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but it. the hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. When advisory until noon for most of the Ozarks. Showers, storms today, patchy fog, high of 57. Slight chance of showers and storms tonight, 39. Mostly sunny, 47 tomorrow, 40. And mostly sunny on Thursday. Senator Joe Manchin suggested he's open to becoming an independent like Senator Kristen Cinema, but has no intention of leaving the Democrat Party anytime soon, saying, I'll look at all of these things. I've always looked at all of those things, but I have no intention of doing anything right now. Whether I do something later, I can't tell you what the future is going to bring, he told uh, CNN Manu Raju. The senator has at times proven to be a thorn in the Biden administration's side, crossing party lines and so forth. He says, I'm not a Washington Democrat. Well, you are. I mean, by definition, you are a Washington Democrat. You are a Democrat in Washington, D.C. Now, you may not like what that represents, but that's what you are. He says, I don't know what to tell you. I have a lot of friends who aren't Washington Republicans, and if a Washington Independent is, as I said, more comfortable, you know, we'll see what happens there. We'll have to have a look. Whether I do something later, I can't tell you what the future is going to bring. I can only tell you where I am in my mindset. Manchin maintained that people are very upset. They don't like bickering that goes on in politics. He threatened in October of 2021 to switch his affiliation to Independent if fellow colleagues weren't happy with his policy positions. He said, quote, I said, me being a moderate centrist Democrat, if that causes you a problem, let me know. I'd switch to an independent, but I'm still caucusing with Democrats, he said at the time, describing his discussion with Democratic members during negotiation over Biden's climate change and tax reform agenda. And that's what's important. Cinema is virtue signaling, and I really wish that she would get called out for this. She's virtue signaling because she she's changing her affiliation in name only. In every way that matters, she's still operating as a Democrat. She caucuses with the Democrat. That's what matters. The name is irrelevant. Call an apple an orange, it's still an apple. And the, the, the part of it that, to me, see, this is where it's, It's a contradiction, and to me, she's a poser. She's doing all of this to portray herself as being above politics, but it just drips political. 
Oh, she comes out and portrays herself as, I'm just so absolutely independent. I mean, hey, I'm just being who I am. This is who I am, and I'm willing to, oh, so you're not going to caucus with Democrats? Oh, well, no, I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to do absolutely everything the exact same way that I've always done it. I'm just changing changing the label of my of my party affiliation. That's irrelevant. That is meaningless. And it's it's so cynical because it is being about as political as you can be while claiming that you are so non-political, this is why you're actually doing it. She's in Arizona. This is a state that, for whatever reason, tends to like people, oftentimes, particularly U.S. senators, that defy their party. John McCain's an example of that. This is a guy that constantly defied what it was that he claimed he stood for. This is a guy that single-handedly betrayed every American that was told if Republicans were put in charge of the Senate, they would repeal Obamacare. And he gave the thumbs down, you may recall. You could hear gasps in the Senate. But for whatever reason, there's a, a, a this mindset in Arizona that they like that in cinema is no dummy. She recognizes that. And she really is like John McCain in this sense that McCain portrayed himself as not being political. Oh, he was this maverick. He was as political as any of them, as Romney, as Mitch McConnell. He was just as establishment as you could possibly get, but he all really portrayed himself as not being establishment. See, the whole McCain-Feingold thing, the background on McCain, just to give you a sense of who these people are, and I think think cinema's emulating McCain. I think she has brilliantly decided, I'm going to follow the same path that John McCain did. And McCain was involved in a huge... um, fundraising uh, money scandal decades you know, prior to, I forget exactly when, maybe the 70s, somewhere around that period of time. It was called the Keating Five. And he was smart enough to do kind of like what Bill Clinton did when it came to accusations of rape and sexual harassment. You go out and portray yourself as a champion of women's causes, and then it makes it all go away. And that's what John McCain did. He was caught up in fundraising scandals, and so he comes out as a champion to get corrupt money out of politics. And the McCain-Feingold bill reaching across the aisle with the most liberal U.S. senator at the time, that was Russ Feingold from Wisconsin. Oh, and look at John McCain. Oh, he is so not Washington. Look at him fighting against corruption, fighting to get the dirty money out of politics. Oh, he said he was he was smart. He was calculating. You you go out and you lead the charge against your very corruption. And at the same time, you 
become, to a degree, a darling of the media by bucking your own party. Now, cinema has got some different components in there. Clearly, the media is not going to support her, quote, independence. But she recognizes it, it could actually work to her benefit. That the fact that the media trashes on her as a Democrat could help her in Arizona because it makes her look like, oh, she's this maverick, just like John McCain. Look at her. She left the party. She's an independent BS. It's virtue signaling. It is marketing. If she truly, genuinely left the Democrat Party, then she would not caucus with them. And incidentally, Bernie Sanders is out there trashing on her as being some sort of, you know, for leaving the Democrat Party. And he doesn't even declare himself a Democrat. Now, like the others, it's just virtue signaling. He still caucuses with the Democrat, but waves that independent banner as if he's so virtuous. Perhaps he's afraid that cinema might take a little bit of attention from his virtue signaling as an independent senator. Newsom making a border visit after Biden says he has no important things go or has uh, more important things going on. But don't mistake this for Gavin Newsom keeping his eye on the White House. No, no, no. That has nothing whatsoever to do with this. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Mentioning earlier, surprise that YouTube allows these montages of Biden inappropriately touching and smelling girls. Usually they look between the age of 8 and 12 is pretty much the ceiling for him in terms of age. And on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line, someone noted that Shouldn't be surprised at all. YouTube doesn't see any problem with that behavior. That's a really good point, actually. I, I, I think that's on point there, that for them, uh, we're seeing it more and more, the left in this country trying to normalize the sexualization of children. And so that probably is the reason that you can find those videos of, of Biden making young girls uncomfortable because of his inappropriate behavior around them. Because to them, it's, you know, they probably want it. You know, they're just playing hard to get. California Governor Gavin Newsom traveled to the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday, a high-profile stop days after Biden defended his decision not to visit the area, saying he had more important things going on. Newsom's trip, less than one week after Biden made that declaration, is likely to fuel speculation about the governor's national ambitions. Well, of course, of course, this is all positioning. You have these declarations from people like Newsom that they will not run for president, but they're, they're doing these things so that they'll be in the hopper if something occurs with Biden. If, if Biden medically is unable to, uh, to run for the presidency again, or even, I mean, dies, he is at an age where, you know, people do die. Uh, they're, they're in the wings, just sort of waiting and Newsom is what so he's going to make these little moves, do these presidential looking things and and have no problem. All of a sudden, some of these Democrats have no problem recognizing that there's a bo- problem at the border. 
It's, it's just cinema's one of them. I mean, you have somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, clearly there's a, oh, there is a problem at the border. Or is cinema just now a racist? Is that what it is? Is Gavin Newsom a racist because he recognizes we have a border security problem? That's what all of us have been called for the last couple of years, right? Well, even further back than that. I mean, if, if we demand that people who want to come into this country do it legally, if we demand that people be held to the law the same way that we are as American citizens, we are racist. So it's very interesting to see people like Gavin Newsom not only recognize that there's a problem, but that it's the sort of problem you have to see for yourself. You have to go down there, meet with these Border Patrol agents, see with your own eyes the thousands upon thousands of people that are pouring across the border. Uh, That seems pretty racist to me. Newsom's communication director, Aaron Mellon, told the Washington Examiner Newsom toured a testing, vaccination, and resource center and was joined by the governor of, uh, of uh, Baja, California, Marina del Pilar Avila Olmeda. My gosh, what a name that is. Can you imagine when she got in trouble as a kid? His office confirmed that they gave the White House advance notice on the visit. The Democratic governor left the state of California Monday, was set to return later in the day. Uh, While Newsom has said that he has sub-zero interest in a presidential run, the governor's attention-grabbing exploits have stroked interest in the future plans. Nobody ever believes these people when they say they have no interest in running. They become the reluctant warriors, of course. I had no interest, but destiny called. Speaking of the border... I want to share some information about this immigration farce, cinema, along with Republican Senator Tom Tillis working together in order to come up with a a plan which fortunately is not going to happen. But it once again shows whenever a Republican and a Democrat come together, who gets screwed? You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. And Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, this morning, the little one decided to wake up at like 2 o'clock this morning. And so. Spanking. Oh, no. Spank him. He is not even eight months old yet. Well, that's Mm-mm. how. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so he woke up at like 2 a.m. this morning. So me and him went out to our sunroom. And watch the rain because there was a thunderstorm last night, at least in my neck of the woods. Don't know if in your neck of the woods there was. Uh, and so the, the rain put us to sleep because we have a tin roof back there. And I was thinking to myself, I am so, I love this room, but I'm so thankful that I have a really good roof over my head, especially my tin roof portion. And that's all thanks to my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, if you've noticed in the last couple of weeks, because we've had a lot of rain in the Ozarks, if you've noticed maybe some yellowing on your ceiling, maybe you've noticed some drips, or maybe you're just thinking... I haven't had my roof repaired in a long time. I haven't gotten a new roof in a long time. I would like to make sure that uh, I'm going to be set for winter. Highly recommend giving my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company a call today. They can come out, do a free estimate, get on your roof, take tons of photos, uh, and you don't have to worry about 
the whole situation whenever they come out. They're not going to try to upsell you on anything. They'll tell you if you need just a roof repair or maybe you do need a whole a whole new roof. Either way, Pyramid Roofing Company, they've got you covered. You can find all of their contact information at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. There are three things certain in life, death taxes and naive Republicans trying to trade an immigration amnesty for false promises of future border security. Senator Tom Tillis, Republican, North Carolina, continued this time-honored tradition last week when congressional aides circulated a plan that would give citizenship to approximately 2 million illegal immigrants in exchange for what proponents of the deal have the audacity to call border security. Here we go again. Tillis's deal reportedly struck with Senator Kristen Sinema, independent from Arizona, would create a path to citizenship for approximately 2 million immigrants who cross the border illegally before their 18th birthday. Note that this 2 million number is far higher than the 800,000 or so illegal immigrants who benefited from former President Obama's Dreamer program, over twice as many. The more than doubling of illegal immigrants being offered amnesty through this new program is no doubt due to the fact that Obama's DACA program did nothing to stop child migrants from illegally crossing the border and appears to have made the problem significantly worse. Well, of course it did. In exchange for this massive amnesty, Tillis has reportedly been given $25 billion for beefed-up border security including more pay for Border Patrol agents, the creation of regional processing centers along the border, and increased resources and personnel to accommodate arriving asylum seekers. It would be nice if our overworked Border Patrol agents received a raise, but the rest of these so-called increases in border security is only going to make the border crisis worse. Regional processing centers have only one purpose— to increase the ability of the Biden administration to move as many illegal immigrants as possible into the United States as quickly as possible. The same is true for resources and personnel to accommodate arriving asylum seekers. These resources are being spent not to secure the border, but to accommodate the existing chaos at the border, perhaps even to create more of it. Finally, we come to the most laughable security concession that Tillis supposedly secured, the extension of Title 42 for at least a year. For starters, Title 42 is not in danger of disappearing. It is a public health law first passed in 1944, and no one is trying to repeal it. Now, what is about to end, however, is the questionable use of COVID-19 as a public health emergency and therefore an excuse that allows the federal government to turn away migrants at the border. A federal judge has decreed this emergency declaration must end by December 21st. So in other words, what he's noting here is Title 42, the extension of it's not going anywhere at all. It's the usage of it that is, is going to expire, but it's the usage of it. It is the way that it's being used, and that is by declaring COVID a public health emergency. What are Cinema and TELUS going to do? Are they going to declare COVID-19 is still a public health threat through 2023? This, of course, would be a lie. Even President Joe Biden admits the pandemic's over, depending on what interview he's doing, of course. The other huge problem with the extension of Title 42 
is that the entire Biden border crisis has occurred with Title 42 in effect. Instead of applying his Title 42 powers equally at the southern border, Biden has applied them selectively. Before Biden became president, less than 75,000 immigrants were arrested for illegally crossing and southern border, uh, the southern border each month. By Biden's first full month in office, the number jumped to 100,000. Then by July of 2021, it reached 200,000. It has hung around 200,000 a month ever since, and that is with Title 42 in effect. So in other words, Title 42 does not help the problem. It makes it worse. Or at least it's been worse with Title 42 in, in place, in effect. The United States has always welcomed a certain number of immigrants every year and should continue to do so. However, there are already over 10 million illegal immigrants in the U.S., and Biden has released millions more into the country. The immigration system is in need of reform, but that has to begin with border security. The public has no faith in officials who promise security later if they can only offer amnesty now until the border is demonstrated to be secure. Any talk of granting legal status is premature. I don't know how many times we have to run and try and kick the football and have it pulled out from underneath us. Or how many times are Republicans, who I genuinely don't know if Republicans know that this won't work. They just, it, it, it's virtue signaling. Of, oh, oh, we got an agreement here. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, have border security. How about just do that first? This would be an interesting, this is what I'd like to see, legislation. I'd even consider this. Legislation that grants amnesty even. I'll go that far. Amnesty to those who are here in the country illegally. After we have 365 days of not a single illegal getting into this country. Now, the only way, of course, that that would occur is the building of a secure border. And once an infrastructure is in place that demonstrates it can successfully stop those illegals from coming into this country, then I'm like, okay, now let's talk about those who are already here. And a point that I've made a thousand times is this inference that there is no pathway to citizenship. We have to find a pathway to citizenship. There is a pathway to citizenship. People take it every day in this country. It's just some don't want to. News in 60 seconds.